welcome to the podcast. This feels very familiar to me because we talked on video call for a long time in my life. I'm going to start a series of just kind of like interviewing my bosses, basically, because <laughs> a, a lot of the people in other generations who poured into me have been my bosses or like my oversights or people I've gotten to work with. So you are one of them. That's how we met. And yeah, I ask everybody on the podcast, what would you tell your high school self? That question I had the hardest time when I was thinking through these, like right before I jumped on. Sorry. <sighs> I mean, if I went back to my high school self, I would say like, don't change anything. I think I was on track because I was really confident. I really thought that I was, I, I thought I was great in that I wasn't overly confident, but I always just felt like, well, if anyone got to know me, they would just like me. And I just remember going through high school and college, just feeling like I had a lot of value. I think maybe that I was, I just got a lot of that poured into me growing up, but I was really confident. And I think I would go back to high school self and just say, do exactly what you're doing. Like hmm. get excited about life, dream big jump when you want to jump and just don't change anything just stay confident in who you are wow I feel like I could see growing up that maybe when you grew up like yeah you said people poured into you and encouraged that I feel like I see you doing that now with all of your kids is you embrace who they are I try (laughs) you embrace who they are and you encourage them to try things yeah parenting is another level i feel when it gets into parenting it's like you just assume that you're making all the mistakes really i'm new at it so i don't know (laughs) but we're watching and we see from afar them growing up into confident people and i think that's they are that's huge yeah Yeah. see you and mark pat on the back for how you're raising your kids because i terrified (laughs) to raise children right now yeah I I don't have advice there it's like they just grow (laughs) up and you're just watching hoping you're doing all the right things and you can't really stop them from growing up to assess how you're doing that's good advice actually okay so we met because we both worked in marketing I tried my first agency life job and when I got there gotta say I was a little bit terrified but I also was told right off the bat like you're gonna like Sejina and you just really yeah I was told you're gonna like her and you're gonna learn from her and yeah they spoke so highly of you before I'd even met you I think you might have been um, going back and forth in Portland so when I met you in person I had these expectations that you met which was good (laughs) I liked you but um, how did you even get to working in marketing or I know different things but yeah what was your school path like after high school well my dad's a doctor so he always just pushed my sister and I to like dream big, go to school, you know, he always pushed us to just pursue anything. And so I wanted to be a journalist. So I went to Trinity Western University for journalism and I got my degree of professional writing and I loved it. I absolutely loved it. But then near the end, I was like, oh, you know, a freelance journalist, that's a really hard way to make a living. And I was, Mm -hmm. I was just a professional student. I loved studying so much. So at that point, I decided to follow my dad's footsteps and go towards medicine. So I did pre-med and I loved it. Um, But through pre-med, I I did all the things you're supposed to do to 
get into med school. I worked at my dad's clinic for a year and I, I went to all these doctor's conferences with him and talked to others doctors, like what should I do to get into med school? And I, I, I studied, I did all the pre-med classes and they, a lot of what I heard was you should get a second degree because it's so competitive to get into a Canadian medical school that you should mm. get a second degree. You should get published. You should get all this work experience. That's going to be your ticket. And so I was like, well, I love school. I want to stay in school. So I'll get a second degree and I'll use that to get into med school. And my dad was like, you should get a business degree because you can literally do anything with a business degree. And I am so glad he told me to do that because you literally can do anything with a business degree. I think mm-hmm. maybe not a master's business, but a business degree really <laughs> opens a lot of doors and and so halfway through my business degree, I just started falling in love with it. And I realized like, this is, I'm way more passionate about this than I've been about anything else. And I just mm-hmm. took to it. I was really excelling in my classes. My teachers loved me and I just, I loved it. So in my last year of my business degree, I got a job at a roastery, a local roastery, and it was a wholesale business. So they had coffee and lots of different retail locations and then two storefronts and I just, it wasn't a super formalized business the way it was running. And I was like, I'm going to use this to apply my studies as I'm in school. So Mm. I started helping them, um, doing what I could. And basically in my last term, I went to them and said, I want to help run the business. And I was just really confident. (laughs) I'm going to help run the business and you're going to make me general manager slash operations manager. And they hadn't really gone the academic route. So they trusted my academic career. And so I said, I'm going to run your business. I'm going to do whatever it takes. And so I just spent a whole summer formalizing the business. My aunt was in, she did bookkeeping for Chevron. And so I would go to the roastery and I would stay there until it was dark out, just reconciling the books and creating a GL and a profit loss. And I, I basically took them from receipts under the, under the desk drawer to QuickBooks system and we're prepared for audit and formalized it. And then I formalized the process and then I hired some staff and trained them. And, and then I helped bring in some bigger clients. And then I had the opportunity to negotiate some retail partnerships some distribution partnerships. And then I learned about like importing beans. And I, I basically just like poured into that. And then, you know, in my first year working there, we went over a million in sales and I, which we knew because we actually had a profit and loss and <laughs> statement. And I, I just got really excited about like the workings of the business. But in the end, I was, I realized that like it was a family business. I was never going to run the show. And I also didn't fully agree with some of the ethical standards at the company. And I felt like I needed to make a move if I was going to grow in my career. And I didn't want to be stuck there because I do think that you, especially when you're young, if you have a good job, you can start to get stuck somewhere too long, Hmm. Uh, which is ironic because I've actually been at crew for quite a while, but I, (laughs) you told me don't be stuck too long. It's okay. it's if you're not happy with where you're at, change your position in the company you're in or move to a different company. You have different options, but don't stay somewhere longer than you should because you're scared. Mm-hmm. I guess that's that's what I would tell my coworkers going back there. So I just started networking and it was actually a friend of mine that's worked for Crew way back when we were in Abbotsford and said, you know, you should apply 
And I was terrified because it, you know, even though I had a 12 year academic career, I hadn't outside of my roastery position, I hadn't had a lot of jobs. And so like there was mm -hmm. a clinic and like, you know, when you're in college, I worked at a coffee shop and stuff, but I, I didn't have like a professional job. So I, I remember writing my resume and my cover letter. I was so confident, like overly <laughs> confident. I was like, I'm going to swing for the fences and the worst they can say is no. Mm -hmm. And I, I poured into it and I prayed about it and I sent it off and I got an interview. And I remember doing a phone interview in my car while doing coffee testing at a co-op. <laughs> I like ran to the, I was demoing the coffee, ran to the car, did the call. And then they called me in, Braden called me in to be interviewed. And so I went and he was in such a slick suit. It was such a well-fit suit and he was so confident. And right away I was like, he seems so savvy and I would love to work with him. Mm -hmm. And so I just, it was definitely one of those scenarios where I, you know, fake it till you make it. I yeah. just really confident. I asked the question, I answered the questions. Like, I remember him asking me questions. Like if you had to plan an event, how would you start? And I was like, well, let's yes, I was like, make a list. Like, I remember my answers were so obvious, but I was like, that's what I would do. And it's like, one thing I've learned, I'm rambling now, but one thing I've learned with interviews is you can't say what you think they want to hear. You have to be mm -hmm. yourself because now that I've done a ton of interviews, I realize that like you see right through that. Yeah. So you have to just fully be yourself, admit your mistakes, admit where you need to grow. People love that. They want to see someone mm -hmm. who's authentic. And so anyways, they called me in and said, I got the job and I was terrified that I actually had to like show up and be <laughs> like, wait, I'm working here now. I was like, I, I better get some more blazers and I need to like go prep for this. And, and he gave me the core book and I read it cover to cover in the weekend before I started. I was such a, I was such a keener. And I just remember jumping in and everyone, I think this is really common with agency world. Everyone assumed I knew what I was doing and mm. I had no what I was doing and I was like what is a KPI what is a vertical like I there's horizontal and vertical like what is a vertical I didn't know they were meaning industry I was out to lunch and I just like took notes studied got there early mm -hmm. and I just learned and like I started as sales coordinator which I don't even oh, know wow. what that was I was just the internal sales coordinator and I was basically Braden's right hand and then I just moved up and moved out. I took as many opportunities as I could. And now it's been now you run it. <laughs> I don't run it. But I, I, as of January, I will be a director of agency operations, which feels big. I've, wow, I've been congratulations. working hard for that director role. And that feels big for me. So mm -hmm. I mean, it's been six and a half years, but Braden's the type of person that is quick to want to invest in someone. And mm -hmm. I'm one of the like rare few who got to like have one-on-ones with Braden pretty much every week for the last six and a half years. And he poured into me and he invested in me and I was able to build mm -hmm. his trust, learn from him. And yeah. And that's, that's great that's leadership. And I don't know if you know, like that affect the way that you poured into me when I started out my career. Cause I feel like I was in the exact same shoes, just showed up, didn't know what I was doing was hundred percent myself at the interview because I was not prepared. <laughs> yeah like I prepared like you know the background of the company what it is and I show up and Brayden's asking me about like my values my character how I would plan things I'm like this is not marketing questions yeah. like you know he pulls up my Instagram on the screen and 
I'm mortified, but also, you know, like, like this is my biggest role model in marketing, like, you know, assessing. Oh, yeah, you went to one of his seminars, right? Yeah, I, I had heard about Braden and just like all my friends knew in business knew who he was. And I just wasn't, I just wasn't, didn't know how I was going to access, but I was gonna, and he just spoke at my church. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I need to, I need to figure out a way to learn from these people. And then I ended up doing that. But yeah, why do you think it matters to pour into someone or have one-on-ones or do that? Because that takes time and energy to teach someone. I didn't feel like I was really pouring into you at the time. I just, you reminded me of me. And I remember, I was thinking about this before I jumped on the call. I remember, I could tell that you were very green but you had this willingness to adapt and learn and grow. And I remember taking you aside and saying like, you got a gold ticket because you kind of came through the side door of crew (laughs) in working for an agency that was really competitive at the time to get in. And I saw many people were turning away and Brayden was like, I like her. Let's give this a try. She can work with you. And I was like, this is your gold ticket. Like you need to do what Mm -hmm. I did, like take it and run. And you were the kind of person who I remember you could, and I remember Braden noticing this too. We could just put you in a room full of people and you could handle yourself. You handled yourself amazingly. No matter who walked in the door, you were confident enough to just like figure it out. And you learned and you adapted and you grew and you were just, I could see a mile away. You were the type of person that was just going to, you weren't going to turn up opportunity. So it, it was took someone like, telling me, someone telling me like, Hey, what you have is good. And who you are is why you're here. I think I, I would have just been terrified. I would have ran. I would have had really big, you know, imposter syndrome without knowing even what that was at the time. I would have just, yeah, I had people really not understand kind of that I'm like, I'm entering a big girl job with connections that matter, networks that matter, clients, client facing who would like come in the door in person. And those are relationships that I care about even now, but it took you telling me. (laughs) That it was an opportunity? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> you, you I knew you it was, have... but I was more scared than I was ready to face it at that point. And I'd never been scared before. I'd literally done random things. I've been military ba- base refugee camps, come back, and then this was the scariest thing. Yeah. Well, you killed it. You were great <laughs> at it. And yeah, you weren't scared to fail. You didn't think too hard, too much about doing things. You just jumped in and did it. And you had all the skills. And there's one thing Josh has taught me over the years is that you hire on soft skills, not on hard skills. And I've made the mistake of hiring on, you know, technical skills. And Hmm. this last time around, I was like, I'm hiring on soft skills because really it's the character, it's the drive, it's the ambition, it's the adaptability, it's the communication, it's the ability to take feedback. You had all of that in spades. And if you hire on that, that that person will figure any job out. Mm -hmm. But if higher on just the technical skills there's a chance they're really going to fall short quickly because they're not going to have the character to adapt and grow the way you need them to so i think Mm -hmm. that's one of the biggest things i've learned is that if you have the soft skills you can pretty much do anything it's when you're like people i figured it out and you stop trying that yeah yeah you stop learning and i think that's good advice for even the audience that listens to this podcast mostly because they might not feel qualified for certain jobs or they don't feel like they fit every single point in the job description and I've admitted this before when I started at crew I didn't know how to use excel didn't I'm like I'd never designed on a powerpoint before 
but here I am like making PowerPoints that are, you know, costing, (laughs) costing us things, but it's the eagerness to learn, I guess is what it is. But thank you for just the reminder that soft skills matter, communication, learning, being feed, handling feedback. That's hard for my generation and Gen Z for sure. I have so, I, I have so many opinions on that. (laughs) (laughs) I think if you can take feedback, this is what I'm going to say. If you can take feedback and compartmentalize and say, okay, this is one thing about me. This isn't everything about me. And you can say, well, I can change that one thing. Even if it's a big thing, you can change it. And time erases everything. I've had, I've made so many mistakes over my career and I've had so many humiliating moments. But if you can take feedback and just put it in a box and say, well, I can change that, uh, you, you're just going to be happier and way more successful. And I feel mm-hmm. like if you don't take it on as a reflection of you, but just as one thing and you and time literally heals if, almost all wounds. So I, yeah. I just feel like if you can take feedback well, that's one of the best skills you can have, I think. Wow. And this is from someone who hires people. So and works with a lot of different people in person. And you're always so good at being rational. And I, that's another thing about like, I would say my generation or personalities is just someone has feedback. They hate me immediately, but really it's, it's something that you could work on and prove, you know what, like in time, you're going to see that I figured this out. And you even told me that when I had feedback on other people and it was, it was good to compartmentalize personal versus just growth and and maybe it was just a skill last thing I would love to ask you about maybe is yeah I could I feel like I could talk to you all day (laughs) you could give good advice without knowing it all day um but you know you work hard and have a busy day today but when it comes to juggling life decisions for context Sejina when I met you you were you had just gotten married actually and because you would gotten married like you told me oh a bit later in life like don't rush wait on it you steered me away from guys I shouldn't have been with worked out really great (laughs) and um, then you ended up big decision moving you became a mother through marriage really fast you loved them like your own and then you had your own baby you had to take maternity leave you had to do so many things that kind of feel like high stakes adult choices you've moved other times you've lived with roommates not how do you even navigate all those big decisions I just honestly I just pray that God guides my decisions and then if a window if a door opens I jump I've Mm. been that way my whole life honestly I I just always felt like everything was going to work out. And so I, I've always made very big decisions pretty quickly. I did, you know, I met Mark and within a year we were married and I was moving to Portland. I suddenly had four kids and I was working from home. I had to leave all my friends and family and start a life here. And then, you know, try to get promoted in my job working at home and, And then I decided to have a baby and honestly, like all that happened. And I still feel like nothing's changed. Like I'm the exact same person, but I've always not been scared to make big decisions because it's, I don't know. I think it's, if you're confident in how you handle things, I say, just jump and figure it out on the way down Hmm. and pray and pray, just pray all the time. (laughs) Do you feel like Mark is similar? Like how was it important for you to find kind of someone who's up for it or? I think he's a bit 
slower to make decisions. Uh, I don't think we're that similar, but we balance each other out. Mm-hmm. You make but a good team. I always made, I always made big decisions quickly, and I always just felt like I always had a lot of gratitude. I know there's the whole gratitude mindset, and I really, I think I just grew up with that, and I always felt like mm-hmm. everything in my life was amazing, even when it wasn't. I felt mm-hmm. like it was. So I was like, well, this will just be more amazing. So even now, when I'm, I went from. Honestly, a few years ago, I was single, went out for drinks every night with my friends. Now I have five kids, sports four nights a week, and <laughs> baby, a baby, and that's with the nanny inside right now. I feel like nothing's changed. And mm-hmm. I just, I'm the same person. I still need my alone time. I still need my, you know, drink at the end of the day and a good show and when no one's bothering me. And I'm just, yeah, I mean everything just works out. I guess what I was trying to say is even when it's hard, because my life, I think my life is amazing. But if I sat down, I could definitely convince myself my life is extremely hard. But I never feel that way because I've always just had this gratitude mindset of like, everything is just amazing. Everything is great. And I see the great. And Mm -hmm. so focus on the good. Even when it's terrible, you'll feel like everything's great. I don't know if that makes sense. That it does make sense. And you said it could be more amazing. So jumping in head first, even though your life is comfortable, which I know from firsthand was how I felt working in a very stable, amazing culture type of, you know, adult job. You telling me if you jump, it could get better. And I remember thinking that, you know what, like, I feel like I'm at the best I'm going to ever be in my life, but that's maybe not true. And just seeing, looking back now, I'm like, wow, I had the time because I wasn't working full time to build what I felt like I needed to build and and do you things. Did. Yeah, <laughs> it took someone telling you, jump, go. Jump. Wait, jump, there was one other piece of advice I wanted to add in here. Can I add Tell one me. more? Oh, yes. If I had to give one piece of advice to your generation, I and I don't even know if this is good advice, but I feel very strongly about it. Okay. I would say put off relationships as long as you can. I honestly look back at my life and like, I went into college and like, I don't want to date. I want the full pie. I want the single life, the academic life, the, and then eventually I want the family life, but I don't want to jump into that piece of pie too soon. So I said, I'm going to wait till after I'm 30 to start looking for someone. And I stuck to it. And then when I turned 31, I was like, I'm ready to meet someone, but it was the best decision I ever made. I, Whenever I talk to anyone from a younger generation, I say like, put off relationships. I, unless you meet that perfect person and you can grow up together, but mm-hmm. don't invest your time and energy in relate, invested in friends, invested in activities, invested in academics, in your career. But I would say, don't waste your teens or your twenties trying to find the love of your life when it's Mm -hmm. great it'll happen and it'll be easy and I remember telling you that and then it did and it was easy and it was great and that's how it happened for me but don't waste your time looking for it yeah I know people who and I've been in the place where I'm just looking around like oh I want the family life I want this even now I could be married and be like I want Sajina's life like she's baking things for all her kids like I would love to do that one day but same thing don't rush because there's so much that you could be building on and it's hard at least you can speak from experience like you were you know trying to wait till you were 30 to even look for love and I think people are approaching 30 and are single I have friends who are honestly heartbroken when really they don't need to be like you have an advantage don't waste your 20s on love I mean I have the best love in the world but (laughs) 
I waited till I was ready because I wouldn't be enjoying it right now if I hadn't had an academic career and a career and friends and travels mm-hmm. and life. I would not be enjoying this as much as I am right now. Yeah. How did you, do you just have friends who agreed kind of with the same mindset as you, or did you just distract yourself with all the things you really care about? I was about? totally different from all my friends. I was always telling them, why are you wasting your time? Like, that's- <laughs> You're not going to marry him. Give up. I think I talked a lot of people into waiting longer than maybe they wanted to, but I was just like, there's so much more to life. Why would you waste all your time being like, does he like me? Does he not? Is this real? Is mm. he ghosting me? It's like, you could have done a million wonderful things in that amount of time. And, yeah. and with that energy that it takes, it, you actually feel less of a person and you're actually questioning your own worth and your own confidence and capability when you could be feeling on top of the world because you're excelling at all these things. Like, don't, don't waste your energy looking at yourself through someone else's eyes. Just go out and live. I think a lot of people needed to hear that, especially with the holiday seasons and like the new year, it can feel daunting to like step into that by yourself or to see the people around you who are happy and together. I still think in my single years, it's like some of the best years of my life. Wow. And And now look at you. And now it's great, but like I still need my time. Yeah. It's a piece of life. It is not the biggest piece of life. Wow. I, I feel like I can quote so many things you said. You are a good writer and speaker. Oh, so. thanks. I'm I'm surprised I'm doing okay after so many meetings today. I know, back to back. I was like, if she doesn't want to, it's okay. I respect that. But also, I've always had impromptu calls with you where I get the best like nuggets of wisdom. They're not scripted. They're not coming out of condemnation. They're coming out of love. So I hope everybody feels loved by you the way I do. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, through the conversation. Yeah, well, thank you so much for chatting. Yeah, I'm going to jump into a meeting now. Yeah, have fun. Have a great day. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye.